a lot of that has been because of kindness. You know, it stems from, I'm never going out there looking, what can you do for me? I've always been, hey, how can I help you? December 25th, 2018, it was our first Christmas in our new million dollar home. I checked all the boxes that promised me real freedom. I had a booming business, raving fans, money, assets, and yet I was still sitting there on the couch pretending that I was watching that Christmas movie with my family while I was choking down the poison of anxiety. I still felt like that desperate kid who would take her clothes off for money, the kid who nearly overdosed to try to prove her worth to her friends, the kid that got pregnant at 19. I felt stuck, like I was stuck in the sands of time. I did all the right things, all the things that promised me freedom and it didn't add up. I realized a few things. I was still checking someone else's box. This was gonna be an inside job and I would do whatever it took to never feel that way again. Consider this podcast the rebranded, revamped, cool ass version of Alternative School. Alternative School for the Unruly, entrepreneur. This is for the innovators, the creators, the world changers, the service-minded, and those who want the details on how to create a business that really, truly, finally fucking sets you free. I'm your host, Andrea Crowder, and welcome to the Unruly Entrepreneur Podcast. Let's go to the show. Chris, Christopher, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> We've known each other for a while now, you know, we since 2020. Since 2020, when we first started Gerard's uh, Mastermind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's been a minute. It's been a minute. And I still don't know how to pronounce your last name. Thank you very <laughs> much, Andrea Crowder. Um, it's, 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 it's Christopher Gravania. Gravania. I've literally never heard you say that since in the three years that we've known each other. Now. I've only introduced myself to you about four or five times as Christopher you've, Gravania. You've never, ever said your last name introducing yourself to me. You say tomato, I say tomato. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I would like timestamps. I mean, if we dive down, I mean, you are doing the call from your shoe closet. So <laughs> <laughs> we're making things work. <laughs> So I am in the shoe closet, guys. There is a an alarm of sorts, a beeping um, happening, occurring in my home. I was not able to locate the source. I don't know where. Which, you, which usually means you should exit the property, Andrea. <laughs> but obviously, you are you, so committed to your work I'm that so uh, you may go down in flames. <laughs> I may go down in flames. That's not a funny joke, Christopher. You know that my house. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is actually not a funny joke. And I did not think of that. I forgot about that because as a New Yorker, as an older New Yorker, I've lost my memory so uh oh, nice one nice one. i do apologize for that but no one got hurt in your fire so no, it's not no like... one got hurt thank god um so we're even <laughs> i didn't know how to pronounce your last name you told a poorly timed fire joke <laughs> fair enough and so insensitive <laughs> this is as as well as well so i get it i that i apologize okay so let me tell everyone our origin story of our friendship. So yep. 2020, I'm getting ready to launch my physical product company, Freak. And you guys, I think you've probably heard the background story if you haven't go back to episode one, but um, just like a crazy time, my ex was going through extreme PTSD. He went into treatment. I was getting ready to launch Freak at the same time. My business partner who was going to fund half of the company or at least a chunk of the company backed out at the same time. And I had all of my liquid cash either already wrapped up in freak or committed to paying cash for his very, very expensive inpatient treatment. And I was freaking out, pun intended. And I was like, shit, I don't know what to do. She she backed out with in, I want to say like three days of us getting ready to start pre-sales with, um, with freak. And so our mutual friend Paige was like, Hey, have you talked to Christopher yet? Cause we were all in this mastermind together, Gerard Adams mastermind. And I was like, Nope, haven't met Christopher yet. So 
Chris jumped into WhatsApp with me and within seven seconds of knowing me, he said, what do you need? Do you need an investor? Do you need a loan? Whatever it is, I can have money wired to you by the end of the day. Like homey energy as if we had known each other for 10 <laughs> years and we just met. And, you know, it was the like that support energy that made me have that like grounded knowingness of like, okay, no matter what, I have someone who can help me. I have help. I am helped. And then I was able to launch 15 minute lunch coach, one of my digital programs, which funded everything else that I needed. So I never ended up needing to accept your help, but because I had it, I was able to help myself. So that's who <laughs> we are listening to today. The homie of all homies, even if you just met you. In fact, I gave him a little bit of a hard time at the bar a few weeks ago in New York when I was like, you should start charging people for all the help that you give them. But we're <laughs> but working then, on like teetering over the generosity line. I'm wondering. Just th 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 then, it would, then it wouldn't be mission. It would be monetary. <laughs> um, and, and, and listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to, you know, do well in the various businesses and services that, you know, that I do have and which allows me the generosity of being able to offer, you know, being a mentor, sharing my experiences, right? Supporting people in some of those lessons, right? That they're going through or challenges that I've gone through, right? So, um, you know, the one thing I, I do a lot in the Tony world, Tony Robbins, right, in his world. And the one thing that I've really learned from him is proximity and learning, you know, the ability to get someplace that can typically take what looks like a couple of miles. But if someone's already gone that route and they know all the shortcuts, maybe it's only going to take them miles out of a couple of miles, right? And yeah. so, you know, that's been provided to me and been a huge factor in my success as the mentors that have been involved in going through these educational tools and these practices and seminars and, and, and masterminds. So the ability to share it does two things. One, it's, it's great to be able to provide, you know, this level of mentorship to young entrepreneurs and, and co-entrepreneurs in the space. Um, and that's just a great feeling. And, and it's really a give back. The other thing is learning through sharing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a constant reminder to myself of practices by being able to share it with community. Um, yeah. So like when I'm regurgitating, when I'm sharing it, it's me reminding myself, okay, Chris, make sure that you're following these practices. So mm -hmm. it, it, it's been selfless and selfish at the same time, but it's mm -hmm. been able to serve both of us, right? So it's really, yeah. it, it, it's very mutual and, um, an exchange that I'm very grateful for, right? And, um, you know, learning a lot about, you know, what you do in your courses and, and the stuff and the way that you're supporting, you know, women and, and, and driving that forward is just, you know, th that's great. So to be able to help someone like yourself, that's empowering, um, that's empowering women and, and just really, you know, bringing individuals into their own and owning the, the, themselves and, and really leveling up, you know, I, being a small part of that is, is important, right? So when you did make that call that day, I did hear in your voice the distress. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's something that we do, right? So although it felt very unique to you, and I appreciate that, you know, it's something that obviously because the community and the relationship and referral, there's obviously that that extra that extra part that, you know, being there immediately and not saying, hey, talk to one of my team members. But it is something that I pride myself that we do do for a lot of companies. We do do a lot, a lot of people. That's part of our integrity and part of what's my personal mission. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, to be able to do that and in most cases drive revenue <laughs> um, right. is a blessing. What is your mission? You know, that's a it's not a great question. It's a, it, it is a great question. And, and it's something that I enjoy answering because one, my mission is to really share the message of the importance of kindness. Right. And and that's part of my personal mission. Right. Just, you know, I, I put out something on my social media the other day. What's the definition of how you became a kind person? And it's struggling through all these adversaries, adverse adver, adversaries and, and he's, challenges he's in your on, life. Off of a red eye, guys. <laughs> off three we'll, hours share, we'll, we'll share that story later. <laughs> but going through these moments in life and how do you show up for those things that you yeah 
in life, right? Am I showing up with them with anger? Am I showing up with them saying, oh, this is in the negative moment? Or am I saying, okay, this is how I'm learning from this. This is how I want to treat the person on the other side. This is how I want to communicate. And kindness is learned, adopted. It's I wasn't always a kind and generous with my time person, right? It, it's something that through experience, through being treated kindly, right? And and having mentors and just, you know, witnessing that, that has truly put in me a place now that I'm a mentor of how do we continue to share kindness? And part of the way that I do that mission is through companies that we invest in, um, it's companies that we own and operate, um, you know, one of those companies is a company called Kinergy. Uh, Kinergy is a health and wellness platform that's focused on dance movement. Um, over the last six months, we've incorporated meditation practices, sound healing. We're doing retreats as part of, of, of this brand. Um, you may have heard of Julianne Huff. Uh, Julianne Huff is the founder and my partner in Kinergy. Uh, she is from Dancing with the Stars. She's been in a multitude of movies. She hosts um, from now Dancing with the Stars again to a bunch of award uh, shows and Disney specials. So just a great, kind, energetic person that founded this uh, expressive modality that incorporates science, right? So it's movement that brings science and movement. So from affirmations, from how movement is, is affecting your breath to how it's affecting your nervous system. So, you know, I, I uh, with her, you know, from my entrepreneur experience, from the way that our expertise in building businesses and strategies to her artistry and her as a visionary, really bringing that together to build this um to build this brand and this modality has been really part of our mission. And when I first came in as CEO in August, it was one of our first retreats. And I'll, I'll never forget standing there behind this booth and where I'm looking at the, you know, the, the women that are experiencing this dance movement, the impact that I'm watching happen right in front of me with the way that from crying to the way that people are expressing themselves to the way that they're now are communicating or feeling into their body. I was like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be because I need to bring this to a global market. And it was, you know, a time where there was some poor leadership and Julianne was going through some going through that. And, uh, you know, I was an early investor, so I got to see the iteration. So to be able to step into that mission and to be with, you know, an amazing human being like Julianne, um, I call her Jules, which is her nickname <laughs> that everyone calls her. But uh, to be with Jules on this mission has just been, um, it's been special. Mm-hmm. It's been special. So we got a lot of things coming up in 2023 and even bigger in 2024. Uh, but that's one of our missions. Um, another one that I'm invested in is a company called Supermush, which is a functional mushroom company, not to be uh, misused with psilocybin and microdosing. Um, great brand, by the way. I don't know if you can see like the cool yeah. artistry, but it, all functional mushrooms. Um Really cool branding, great founder, this woman, Ali Shaper, and this gentleman, Brian. But it's all about how to use functional mushrooms in, you know, immunity and energy. So uh, just great product that we like to get behind that's really making fundamental change. Um, and then lastly, which when me and you originally spoke, you know, was through financing, right? There's a lot of small businesses that need help through funding. Right. So for us to be able to come in as a mentor, come in as a consultant, understand business needs and be able to support what we call this micro lending space to really help fill gaps for a lot of these small businesses and companies. Uh, that's been a pleasure. And I've been doing that for 12 years. And, you know, that's been a great driver for us. It's 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 uh, been able to, you know, build the diversity for us and how we continue to are able to give back, you know, and everything that we do. You know, I look at wealth differently. Wealth for for me at where I am currently, I was going to say stage, but I don't like to say stage because then that goes with age. Um, but you know, wh- where I am in in our journey, wealth for us is life experience. It's spending quality time with friends and family. It's taking in those moments. It's you know doing those things that you like, so that you could do the things that you love. Is how I always say it. 
And uh, so wealth monetary is such a small part of wealth for us and our groups today. It's, it's really about how we can, how we can really influence, you know, just positive change and, and, and be a part of that solution. So. I love that. And I'm with you. And for the person who's thinking right now, well, that's easy for you to say, Christopher, (laughs) because you actually have the monetary part on lock. I know that hasn't always been true for you. So how did you get there? You went through a bankruptcy, correct? I did. So I actually didn't go bankrupt. So a lot of people said, so I lost everything at 38 years old, Okay, (laughs) where most people would, in my case, say, find the easy way out and go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. I worked through my process. I made sure that I made every one of my debtors either whole or worked out a scenario that was fair and equitable. And I spent many years making sure that I paid back any of my vendors or debtors or worked out deals with certain vendors or debtors because there was a lot of people that made a lot of money over the years with me. And it was like, oh, Chris, you sold me a hundred grand, but you made a million dollars with me, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Can you work with me on this? And, you know, some of those debts turned to, if I owed a hundred, it was 25, but, you know, it was a product of the financial crisis in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were a very large printing organization and our business went overnight. We lost a million and a half dollars just from businesses that went out of business in within yeah. a 90 day period. And then I got hit with a Ponzi scheme for close to $400,000 within yeah. a 60 day period. So here I am thinking that I don't have to worry about money anymore, lose $2 million literally within 90 days. And then to compound that, I had a business that was doing close to seven, $17 million a year. And I had 100 plus employees. Now my business just shrunk. So it went from doing 17 million a year to doing close to 10 million a year. And people were like, oh, you're still doing 10 million a year. Yeah, but when you're running a company that's doing 17 million a year, 100 plus employees, and you need to lower that in an immediate basis, it it was one of the most challenging things that I had to do. You know, it was the after effect, actually, because I was blessed to be able to sell the business, right? I had a suitor, but I was then after that, I didn't have my, my source of income. So I had to reinvent myself totally. And in that, I try to start new businesses that unfortunately failed because I was chasing, right? And yeah. a lot of what I work with younger mentor, younger entrepreneurs is talking about the chase, right? Yes. Because a lot of us, okay, we're successful and we'll start chasing other businesses just to be like, oh, let's put out money. Or we'll feel that we're failing a little bit and we start chasing the same business and we're putting good money after bad. And, you know, that I became a proponent of that to the point where my house went into foreclosure. We had to sell our jewelry, my watches. It was borrowing money, living on credit cards. It was a place where I was making close to a half a million dollars a year, not worried having black centurion cards to worried about, am I going to have to pay this? Am I going to have to pay for this dinner or is someone else going to pick up this check? And it was a very... That I tell people often the greatest gift that happened to me through that cycle, right? That season, which was one of the best seasons of my life, um, was humility. It gave me such a gift of humility and it brought back a work ethic and grit and that you can't learn right? You have to go through. So one of the things in the quote that in the, in the quote that I put out the other day when it said about kindness is sometimes you have to go through the darkness to come into the light. And and I definitely had a lot of dark moments uh, during that time. It it, it unfortunately led to divorce of of my my children's mom. Um, It led to a lot of, you know, heartache and things that that, that I'm not uh, proud of today that that I went through. But being on the other side of that, being able to talk about it, being able to be an influencer and mentor about how that can support individuals going through the same process, and it's, it's okay. You know, once a wise man just told me this too shall pass and it does. And it did. It passes. And then it has the opportunity to become power, which is what you've done. Yes. I came, I grew up lower middle-class, right? So our family, they didn't buy their first house until I was 25 years old. So I didn't get to experience living in, in, in a house when I was growing up. I grew up in a one bedroom apartment where my parents, you know, slept on the pullout couch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I really got to witness some amazing love and work ethic from my parents Yeah, and they were supportive. I started my first business when I was 
13, 14 years old. Started my second business at 17, my third one at 19, you know, and then built my print media business was one of my, my really my first hits that took off. And, but, you know, they supported me through that process supported me being a young super young entrepreneur i got sued at the age of 14 um from because i was Wait, placing, what i was placing ads in the yellow pages that was a big yellow book when so i'm definitely oh. showing my age now a lot of your uh, listeners may only know digital marketing but there used to be this book that you know these things that we still have today and you know you put your ads in this yellow book and it would be alphabetized and at the time my parents had a uh, moving company and uh, they owed me money from my communion and I influenced them to buy a truck and I would run this truck underneath their moving company and I would place ads, you know, little do I know, you know, after the summer months, I had to go back to school and, you know, the ads are still running, but someone wasn't there to run the company on my side. And so, yeah, so I got sued at uh, 14 years old for not being able to finish paying my ads. But the funny part is that, you know, the yellow book at the time, they allowed a 14-year-old to sign a contract. So that was also pretty interesting. So yeah, I was my, I had to start fixing my credit before I was even 18 years old. (laughs) Damn. Lots of great lessons. Lots of great lessons. Yeah. A a lot of great lessons. And, you know, people, when, when you're at certain levels, you know, people always get nervous about, oh, I have, I had a lawsuit or someone sued me. People can sue anyone. So now it's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm dealing in multitude of business. There are times that I'm going to get sued. I have, you know, great lawyers and I put good teams in place because you have to deal with that, right? Those are things that happen for a multitude of reasons. But, uh, you know, if you run your businesses with integrity and, and you're managing your systems properly and your mission is straight and, you know, and you're focusing on good people and good team members, and, and that comes through a process, you can run a very successful business. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about if somebody wanted to, pretty much everybody listening, has a business yep, and they're either making money already or they're intending to, and they started their business because they wanted freedom. And, <laughs> you know, my, I know, whoa, hold on. We're going to unpack that laugh. <laughs> Do I need a coaching session with you? Right now, I mean, you may, I mean, you may need the coaching session. <laughs> I do. <laughs> when it, when I'm laughing because when people go into something and they think of being an entrepreneur is creating more freedom, that is not typically the first three, five, or 10 years. Correct. And also- It's a, it's a big misconception. I teach very differently. So <laughs> I did it the wrong way first. And now I'm doing, I don't want to say, I did it in a way that was not very useful to build myself into freedom, built myself into a very bougie cage <laughs> at first. I have since um, surrendered the shackles of that business. And that's what that's what I teach now. But Okay. Wait, what were we talking about? Let's go back. <laughs> we were talking about entrepreneurs that are starting their own business, right? Yeah. Or investing for the purpose of freedom. For and the that's purpose what, of and, freedom. Right. And that's where I left <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's where I speak to an enormous amount of young entrepreneurs. And like, yeah. I want to have more time and I want to be independent. And that's why I want to start my own business. And I'm like, you should get a job. Yeah. <laughs> um, At first, definitely. And and I, and, um, I'm, and and so I don't say always get a job. What the first thing I say is, how much experience do you have in this field or this service or the thing that you're looking to do? Is this a new idea, or is it something that you've learned? Right? Because a lot of times I'll tell people to go and intern for free at a place that resembles maybe the practice or service or company that they want to start, because there's so many nuances that individuals don't understand. And, and I say this a lot, where there's an employee mentality and there's an owner mentality. And sometimes, you know, it, 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 there's the shiny ball is, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. But there's a lot of responsibility, liability that goes into being an entrepreneur. And, and sometimes that's the, the, a lot of reason why we see, you know, entrepreneurs fail is because it's, they, it's not that they don't want to be a boss. Yeah. They want the benefits of the financials of being a boss, which isn't always promised, but there is a whole bunch of liability, work ethic, and investment that goes into that, which starts mm-hmm. with self. Right. So let's say people are getting to the point where they're making pretty decent money and they want to start making their money grow. Mm-hmm. What would be the first step to creating 
a plan for themselves, or maybe you can give like a couple different ideas or paths where people can start to intend for themselves that they're, that the work that they're putting in now is going to actually create um, some financial freedom for them. And that's a great question, right? And the one thing that I often share is be your own bank, right? And and I'll elaborate on that. The first thing that I tell people, because some people are already in their own business, right? Um, and if they're not in their own business, now maybe they have the experience to be in their own business. But I always say, can you look at elements within your own business that you could invest in, right? Because you control it and manage it, that could increase ROI. Right. A lot of people have this fear. They're making this money. They're, they have this fear of investing back into their business and they want to find all these other things that everyone is saying doing so well for them, which is typically not true, by the way. <laughs> um, of all these other investments are going well for people. I would say about, you know, half of the time it's not the case. It's, it's individuals that are creating that image for themselves. Right. Um, a lot of it you'll see on Instagram with the, with the rented Ferraris for the day um, that making all this money. So I think the first thing that I always tell people, the best investment you can make is in yourself, right? And whether it's with coaching, whether it's investing back in your business, whether it's continuing education, what are the things that are really going to empower your business? Because the things that you have control of or you have management of is going to be some of your best investments. And there's so many times that you as an individual, if you really reflect and you come outside of your business and look at your business from a modeling and see where can I increase 10% of these little pieces, it could turn into 30 and hundreds of percent of, of revenue that could really increase your business, right? And, mm-hmm. and be one of your best investments. So that's one of the analogies that that I look at when I say be your own bank. Now, the, uh, the other side is looking at timeline, right? And looking at what your risk is, right? So, you know, I happen to be a little bit more on the higher risk side, but it's because of my experience in the different, you know, financial products that I have available to me, right? And because of history. But a lot of times I tell people, you have your safety bucket and you have your risk bucket. Right. And what's in my safety bucket? Right. For a lot of people, that's 401ks, IRAs. It's potentially today, treasuries is a big thing where you can make 5% on your money. Um, you know, and it's, this is forever changing. So going back to step one, educating yourself is doing the right research, finding the right people that you actually trust, that have historics, that you're doing background checks on, that you can actually measure their success. Right. And that they're not just telling you that they're successful. So, you know, finding those groups, but then looking at, okay, I've done this right. Where can I go into these buckets that are more long term? Right. Some of them are in uh, great tax. Um, there's like a lot of premium life policies that have great tax benefits, right? That people can get into that on their safety products. Uh, there's great, again, IRAs and 401ks that are typically going to yield the four to seven percent ish a year type of return based on the years you're starting to get in them. And then there's going to be some equities and stuff. But typically, you want to be in the mutual funds because it gives you diversity. Don't try to be a trader. If you're not a trader, don't be a trader. I've no. lost hundreds of thousands of dollars and I'm pretty savvy and smart on <laughs> thinking that I was a trader. So uh, I am not a trader. Very rarely do I give uh, stock advice. The other one is what we, I'm going to go into more of your risk bucket, right? Now, people think about property, right? Like my own home is my own home an investment. Typically your own home is, is not an investment, right? It's especially with inflation. Typically your home is going to grow with inflation. Now, there are people that have been blessed in certain markets that will buy a house for a million dollars and it turns into $2 million. Those are typically anomalies over 10-year periods and it's really right place and right time. Mm -hmm. But if you're investing in real estate, right? Your real estate, it's going to appreciate, but how is inflation appreciating, right? So you have to look at what that looks like because you're going to typically want to sell a home and get into something either at the same or nicer, which is kind of going to diminish what that value is. Right. So there's real estate investing and then there's real estate owning as your home. When you when you look at your home, it's really a store of capital. Right. Because you're not making money on that money. Right. So, you know, when when I talk to people, I'm buying the house cash. I'm like, okay, well, that's really not a smart idea if you can get money for three to eight percent and, you know, you can make 10 to 15 percent on your money. Yeah. Right now, for the people that, you know, when money mortgages with 3%, 4%, and you can get 5, 7, 10% of your money, it even more made sense, <laughs> right, to borrow the money and put that other money to work. And it, 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 you'd actually make more money by putting, by not putting more money down on your home. 
Now it's starting to skew a little bit, so I don't have a direct answer to it. But the the truth is, is so you have to look at real estate investing, and it is a risk bucket, but multifamily, Airbnb, right? Those could be risk buckets, but what's my maintenance of real estate, right? Am I hiring a good management team? Am I actually running that? You know, is this a side business? She has to be very careful with side businesses, <laughs> right? Because the side business could really drain you from your main business, right? Or your, but you know, I call it the side hustle. Side hustles don't always work. So you got to be smart in doing what I like are low maintenance, right? Side businesses or investments that can produce high yield. You know, I happen to do that through private debt. So we do hard money on real estate where we'll lend out our capital at 12 to 15% a year, right? We lend out our money to a approximately a thousand plus small businesses a year. And we're re getting returns of about 30% a year, right? Based on compound. So, you know, though there's these private debt instruments, you have other hard money instruments, you have real estate as an instrument, right? Whether it's Airbnb or real estate investing, but it's looking at what are these risk assets that have the ability to drive revenue, right? I've done stuff in the rental car business. I've done stuff in watch acquisition, right? All higher risk, but brought in a higher rate of return. So you have your safety bucket, you have your risk bucket, right? And then I do tell people you have to have your life bucket, which means this is not money you're making money on. You got to enjoy your life because the best thing that you can nurture is yourself. And I've seen way too many times people saving money, working hard, making this capital, redeploying this capital into these buckets. And by the time they get the moment to enjoy it, you don't really enjoying it, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, society puts this, I got to retire at 60, 65, 70 years old, you know, and the way that social security is going today, I think we'll be lucky if we're getting it at 70, 72. But, you know, the truth is you have to, part of that bucket has to be living life. And what are the things that you're doing to spoil yourself? Whether it's travel, whether it's that car you always wanted. In your case, is it those shoes that I need to have this week, right? Is it is it that bag that I want? Is it the time with family? Is it having that dinner? You have to allocate capital to investing into your continued happiness. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the most important buckets because saving money and driving revenue is great. But if there's not purpose behind it, all you're doing is saving money in these instruments that you're making the bankers rich because they're taking your money and they're lending your money out. Yeah. So no matter what investment besides your own business and yourself, right? Everyone that you're investing to, they're making fees on you. You're deploying it in there. And all these people that you're keeping that money in rotation, they're making money off your money. And it's the bankers. It's the investment bankers. All these people that you see with these $20, $30 million homes that are spending your money, right? And reinvesting your money. So it is so important to create a bucket that truly is a budget of a certain percentage that's coming out for you. Mm -hmm. That's empowering you. Whatever those things that you like and love to do, it's important that you put part of that in there. I can't, I can't implore that more. It has changed my life. I work less now. I have more of a balanced, healthy, and a blessed life, and I work less. Hmm. I work less now because it's given me the energy to do the things that I love that create enterprise relationships, that create these enterprise opportunities that end up driving more revenue into the businesses. Right. What's and if an it's enterprise an, relationship. So an enterprise relationship, I'll use Kinergy as an example. If I wasn't spending time on myself going to a energy and business retreat in Sedona, right? And I wasn't spending time to nurture me, I would have never met Julianne Huff that has now became my partner. Now, and now that she's my partner, when I'm sitting with her, I'm not in the minutiae of the business. We're talking to the CEO of Equinox next week. We're talking to the CEO of FitOn and building a program with FitOn going into next week, right? That has 2 million members. We're doing these fun experiential retreats. You get to do the fun stuff in your business. You get to build these relationships while the day-to-day -day operations are being handled by your teams. You start to build these enterprise relationships where you're now you're influencing change on your business and influencing change through these partnerships, right? Or these one-to-one -one relationships. And 
that's where the magic happens, right? And I think when you identify, right, there's a great book called Rocket Fuel. I don't know if you ever read it, um, but if not, your readers should be reading it. Your listeners should be reading it. It really discusses the difference of a visionary and an integrator and really understanding where you are in that business. Do you need a visionary and a creative and, and, and that artist in your business? Are you that artist? Are you the person that loves the numbers, the spreadsheets, the integration, the operations? Because then you need, right? So you need to understand where that complementary individuals is, is for your business or career. Mm-hmm. And I think when you find that, aligning that really creates explosive growth. Sometimes we do it through employees, right? I've done it through, yeah. you know, you know, minority partnerships in our, my businesses where they were employees that I seen were that great integrator, where I've now shared equity and profit sharing with those individuals to really empower them because when you find that good integrator and and, and that you want to keep them. So, mm-hmm. and I believe they should be compensated, right? You have to take care of your team. Um, so I'm a big on sharing and, and empowering and, but also identifying who you are is super important. Oh, please say so much more on that. <laughs> no, it's, it's a self-assessment, right? And sometimes you can do that by going into there's meditation, there's coaches like yourself, there's human design tools, um, right? Which I'm sure you, you, you've talked about on these podcasts before, but you know, there's disc assessments, right? That you can do on yourself. So I think that taking time to really reflect and say, okay, who am I? Where do I want to function in my business? Where am I going to be the most valuable asset to my consumer and to my employees. And when you really take the time to do that and get out of the hamster wheel, you're going to find that you, you're going to be able to identify who and what you are to the business. And then you can identify who is that complimentary person that you need either to bring into your business or who do you need to rise up within your business? Sometimes they're right next to you. You just haven't noticed them yet because you're too busy micromanaging, right? And, and, and a word that I use when I've done some speaking and some mentorship is my road from micromanagement to leadership, right? And that's so important because we get so stuck in the minutia that we're forgetting how to lead. We're not leading. We're just thinking that we can do it better than everyone else. You have to let people make mistakes and learn and guide them, but that's when you'll find the most freedom in your business. And so what I notice comes up with a lot of people is they're like, okay, maybe they have an assistant or they're getting ready to hire their first VA. That's probably where most people listening to my podcast are. There are some people who have like full, full on teams, but what I hear in the beginning, and I think this was my own personal experience as well, was I want, we call it daddy energy in the unruly world. (laughs) Are you surprised? (laughs) Not at all. Andrea, not at all. It's the masculine like systems um, support structure and all of that. And so what comes in is fear of if I get it wrong, I'll lose money. How did you work through that? Or was that even a fear for you? Or what do you you tell people? Less of a fear, especially when you're in your younger years. And I lost money. (laughs) Yeah. Now, again, part of the, the why people listen to this podcast is how do I have proximity and learn from people so I could lose less money or not lose money? And you do that through education. You do that through reading. You do that through right creating and understanding similarities of other industries and businesses and who are the leaders and how did they do it successfully. And not everyone writes about their failures. So you have to, how do you get deeper? So, you know, I'm a big proponent of coaches, business coaches, performance coaches, because there you're going to hear it one-to-one. It's not an advertisement where it may be taboo to talk about my my failures. I actually love talking about my failures. One of my biggest mantras is my success is built off of the tuition of my failures mm-hmm. because I've paid in my failures, but that's been my tuition. Yeah. Right. That's been my, my master's and my PhD has been through what it's cost me in living it. Right. Yeah. I didn't have a book tell it to me. I lived through it. And through that learning experience, right, you have the opportunity to either learn and do the same thing over and over again and not learn, right? And that's the epitome of failure, right? And, but if you can take failure, be able to pivot and learn, which is difficult for some people, but if you could look at those failures as lessons and really say, okay, where, because sometimes it's just a fraction of something you did wrong. It's not the whole process, just maybe a fraction. It could have been a person, could have been part of your human capital. It could have been 
a button color, right? For a lot of people that may be doing courses and, and, and driving some experience where they're driving online traffic could have been some verbiage. So sometimes people think they need to toss out the whole thing. No, you don't need to toss out the whole thing. Don't be afraid to optimize. Don't be afraid to get granular with your business. Remember, this is your business. Get granular. You can't be afraid to work in your business in the beginning. Right. And in the beginning, right. So, so there's also misconception. No, I need to be just a visionary from the beginning. I need to come in and I don't need to do any of the hard work. I need to hire all the hard work and I'm just going to do it. And, and, and I'm going to do this. No, no. So I don't say that. Right. It's important to understand all aspects of your business. There are things that you're not going to do well. So if you don't do spreadsheets, tell, yeah, hire a spreadsheet person, but sit next to that person when they're doing the spreadsheets so that you can understand what's going on in your business. You can get granular because when you get granular, that's going to give you the best leadership skills to be able to identify when you're looking to make solutions. Right, we're solving problems. We're not just talking about, oh, it's a problem and uh, I don't know what to do. And no, I look at myself as a solution provider. When someone comes to me, what they anticipate is a problem. I look at, all right, let's look at what's, what do we need to solve for here? Mm-hmm. Right, what do we need to solve for? What are we looking at? When you look at things from a state of positivity and solution, there's a lot more healthier answers that are going to come through that process. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? A thousand percent. <laughs> You can't find can't find a solution at the frequency of the problem. Correct. Okay, I'm gonna pivot just a little bit because yeah, let's go. I got to witness you in like your worlds in New York. And the one thing just sitting back and watching you is you fucking know everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is like, oh, meet my friend here and this person. And like you are a networker through and through. And so for someone, and, and I can see how you have your hands in so many different honey pots and, and that really works well for you. And you are amazing relationship builder. So for someone who's like, I know that that's definitely the next key for me, what would you do to recommend that where somebody mm. starts to build their network? So first you have to really, you really have to identify introvert or extrovert, mm-hmm. right? And you know, a lot of people don't know, but when I was younger, I was very, very shy. <laughs> you wouldn't know that today. Nope. But 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 what, what but what broke me out of that communication shell is my parents' influence. Uh, I used to say forced, but they influenced me in going to an all boys school in the Bronx where none of my other, you know, grammar school classmates were going. And I literally had to start all over at the age of 13 and make all new friends. And one of the first things I did is one of the second to most littlest kids in high school is I joined the football team. I forced and influenced myself to bring out my skills. And I did it through sports. I did it through things that I enjoy, things that I had. You know, I love playing football. I love being sports. I love playing handball. So that became my that became my stage to network because it was things that I felt comfortable in. It was things that I felt confident in. And it was things that allowed me to start to break that communication where not to be shy, but to, to communicate in a healthy way because there were similarities. So what I tell a lot of people, if you're an extrovert and you're a good communicator, right, this becomes easier, right? Start looking at, you know, different masterminds, different events, different conferences that are like-minded and things that you enjoy, and right, you can go, and even if you don't enjoy it, because you can go out and you can start just creating communication, right? Typically within your industry, industry base. If you are an introvert and you have challenges, you got to start doing micro events, stuff that is really could even be hobby based, right? Where, okay, I like to do, I like to do food, right? And I like, I want to do cooking, go into do cooking classes right? Stuff that you enjoy to do to start breaking yourself out of that communication because a lot of people don't like to do sales or communicate or meet people, introduce themselves. Even sometimes I find myself, find myself, okay, I'm a little nervous or stuff like that, but then I bring myself into state, right? And, you know, things that have helped me, I did, I, a lot of my businesses in my earlier career were in hospitality. And when you're in hospitality, you need to talk to everyone. <laughs> right. And it becomes a, it became a job. It became not personal. So I think when you look at communication and networking as personal, don't look at it personal. Look at it as this is someone that's hiring you. Look at yours. You're hiring yourself 
to be this communicator in your business. So it's something that's a job. And when you have a job, there's things that you're going to do for your employment or your job that you're not going to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it in a, in a way, okay, this is, I have this nervousness. Make sure you're drinking a lot of water. Do not drink too much alcohol. And make sure you drink a lot of water during this process. If you're in social environments, there's some amazing mocktails uh, that are out there today. So I always implore people that are new to this and nervous because there's nothing worse than being nervous and getting drunk. <laughs> That's going to hurt your chances of good networking. May get into a, a, another situation, um, but you don't want to do that. So, you know, I think identifying who you are as an individual in the communication skill. And then if you are extroverted and you do have good start going to industry conferences and continue to expand and things that you want to learn about, right? Like right now, there's a lot of things going on in AI. Um, There's a lot of things that are going on in meta and NFT and crypto. Get yourself out of your comfort zone, right? If you're out there already. Um, And I think those things are just going to help you to communicate on other subjects, which are going to help you in being more well-rounded. When you're well-rounded within your industry, that gives you just a better personality, Yeah. right? You can talk about anything. Um, And that's going to typically gravitate people towards you. Um, when you have that ability to be well-rounded and talk. So I hope I'm giving, I hope I'm giving tidbits that are helpful to both, both parts. You are, I mean, like just getting into industry events, number one, or a cooking class, something where (laughs) you're, where you want to be there and it's fun. And then the other piece that I worked really well for me, total introvert. And like, my brother had to go make the friends when I was a little kid. And then he would bring them back to me. Like I would (laughs) not go make my own friends, terrified, petrified. But it was when I was in hospitality as well, I was a corporate event planner. So I was basically hosting all of the top sponsors. Like, man, that was school of hard knocks, like figuring out how to like shake a firm or or a firm handshake and, and make people feel special. But what really helped me was to put all the spotlight on them. Amazing shoes. You look so great. You have such an interesting presence about you, like, and become a good question asker. So that was, so to your point, always go in, not what they can do for you, but what you can do for them. Yeah. And the other thing, and again, this is people like to hear themselves talk, always ask and always say, tell me more about you. I'd love to learn more about you, your business, you know, based on the environment, your family or friends. Tell me a little bit more about you so that I can understand how I can serve you. Yep. And when you go in with that approach, it changes the whole dynamic of the conversation. You find yourself being to have more of a conversation with somebody instead of you thinking that you have to do all this talking and communicating. And when you become a great listener, now you're having conversations with your family and friend because they're sharing with you all the things that you have the ability to rebuttal, right? And that you have to say, oh, yeah, and I got this and we have that in common. So it's those things that, to your point, right, you're just stacking on top of what you just shared. It's really looking, how can I go and what can I do to serve you? Tell me more about you, your business. And um, that will create those similarities and create such an ease of conversation that networking becomes so much easier. Oh my gosh, you guys, most of humanity is so thirsty to feel seen, heard, and understood. So if you do exactly what Christopher just said, like you're going to be so memorable to people. They're going to be like, man, that person is there's just something about them. And it's just because all of a sudden their thirst feels quenched because you validated them. You asked them questions. I loved what you said. I've used that so many times. Could you tell me more about that when I'm like, I don't know what to say. (laughs) And it works. And you know, the the one thing you shared earlier, right. And and it was great with our mutual friend that was doing her book launch, right. You got to see when we interacted with some people and, and I was helpful in creating some introductions, but a lot of that has been because of kindness. You know, it stems from, I'm never going out there looking, what can you do for me? I've always been, hey, how can I help you? So when I want something or I need something, I don't have to really ask. It's if I call and say, hey, it's yes, Chris, of course, (laughs) right? It's like, it's really led through integrity and kindness. And and don't forget that as your core. I'll say that and I'll continue to say that. Your integrity, your values, your core of who you are, and what your intentions are, are going to lead of how you build and what your network, what your network looks like. Right. And I've been able to build such a diverse and beautiful network of people that support me on a daily basis and support the extensions of me, have support my spouses, have supported my children, have supported my family because I've been kind. 
right? Mm-hmm. So when, when, when there is that need or that want, it's, it's, it's just been received so well. And, you know, I also do the same, right? There's many times where, like yourself, right, there was a moment that there was help needed and there was not a question. It came through a friend and a referral. It came through our network. And I was like, okay, how can I, how can I serve the community? Right. Mm-hmm. And when you go with that aspect, it, 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 the universe delivers so much more than you could ever manage, imagine. And to then be able to continue to give it back is the key. That, that, that's the secret. You just answered a question that we actually got for the podcast, which was, how do I go create more community when I'm afraid to go ask people for advice? And that's one of the things I'm always preaching is like, just give first, because then people feel so excited to give back. There's, there's no sensation of lack on either side. Agreed. So yes, I do love that. And then the values piece, you've mentioned that two, maybe three times in different ways throughout this conversation. And I think I start every program like that with like, yeah, the money's cool, but like (laughs) who fucking cares if you get there through a lens of shit values that again, have built you into a really bougie cage. So yep. what are the values outside of kindness, which you've really, really honed in that you would say really guide your decisions where you're like, okay, if it doesn't fit these values, I'm out. Like I'm not taking this deal, no partnership. Yep. What? No, I love that. One faith and surrender are probably the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Right. And faith and surrender, you got to go with you. When I say that it's going what you got a lot of times, uh, yeah. right. Making sure that, you know, companies that we're working with today, a lot of, we're looking at, you know, the values of the founder. Is that value leading with integrity? Yeah. Is that founder or that business owner leading with similar values? And not, they don't all have to be, you know, kind all the time. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking to emulate who I am, but the core values, I need to be able to trust someone, right? And a lot of that comes down to integrity, right? It comes down to is what's important to them in their life is fa- I, people are what run businesses, right? And, is family important, family values, right? Again, there's been times where I'm incorporating people and I'm seeing guys that are cheating on their wives. Is that someone I want to do business with? Someone that's cheating on their wives and they're boisterous about it? Eh, maybe not, <laughs> right? So <clears throat> when you look at people and, and how they act, it's so important, right? So when I think of values, and, and I'll say values for myself, right? Because it's different when, when you're looking at businesses, but you know, faith and surrender, integrity, love, patience, right? All extremely important values in how I continue to run my life on a day-to-day basis, right? And and love being a big part of that value because I'm very heartfelt in the things that I do. Um, You know, and, you know, as I get more into business, right? It may be more mission-based. How are they creating impact? Are they environmentally conscious, Right? How they, you know, we're looking at people. We want people that, that are conscious about leaving, living, leaving the world a better place than what they found it. Right? So if it's all about returns on investment and nothing, there's nothing in their mission and how either they're impacting people through their services or it's not something that they're conscious of at all. Typically, we're going to shy away from those businesses yeah. um, because we want that. It's important for for and how we're operating. Um, so yeah, th- those, those values are sometimes again, change based on business or personal. Um, but you know, business is personal, right. And, you know, there's been times in my life where it's, oh, it's, 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 it's not personal. It's just business. Nobody it's personal, mm-hmm. right. You're going to hang out with me on a weekend and you're going to eat dinner with me and you're going to be around my family, but then you're going to fuck me on Tuesday. I apologize. I don't know if I can curse on this podcast. <laughs> Right. I'm sorry. Who are but, you talking to? But, but but if you can and, and but you can fuck me out of something on Tuesday. No, it's fucking personal. Yeah. Right. So it intertwines. Now there's balance, right? I do believe that there needs to be balance in how we're operating the nuances of business practices and our personal time, right? But it's intertwined when it comes to emotions and personalities and activities. It's intertwined. So you know, never use it's not personal as business as an excuse for something that's not within integrity. Yep. And that's some of the, some of the big, big things. Right. And this is going to sound so cliche when, when we talk about values, but do unto others as you want done onto yourself. 
karma, baby. Because if you're willing to do that, then expect that that's going to happen to you. Because karma is so, we do live in a very karmic universe. Mm-hmm. And you see it even with the little things. Ah, you'll get zinged every now and then, even when you think you're getting away with one of that little thing. The universe has a very great way of balancing out karma. Hope okay. I answered that question. You did. Okay. So Kenergy is kind of like the big partnership that you have. Well, I mean, they're all. Kenergy is turned in from a partnership into a wholly owned company. Yeah. Right. So it's more than partnership now. It's business. Me and Juliana are partners. Yeah. Um, you know, we are truly focused on mission and impact. We do have shareholders and investors. So we are fiscally responsible to our teams. But a lot of what we do is about giving back. Right. It's creating freemium programs. It's developing educational programs, bringing a lot more content. So what you got for thirty dollars a month, you know, eight months ago, you're getting three times the amount of content and experiences in what we're doing. So, you know, we're bringing on collaborators um, across the board from sound healers to meditation practices. Uh, We have Aggie coming on. That's an influencer that's doing a whole biohacking series. We'd love to get you on, on uh, one day and build the series on Kinergy. Um, But yeah, but but you know, heard it, heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know but we're working with collaborators like yourself and building these great series that sit on platform for our members and then we're doing fun dance projects with you know your audience so they're coming and seeing exclusive content for both Kenergy and getting to see you in part of that exclusive content, right? And then our members are getting to see that content that you're bringing to the table that's usually valuable to us. So we're doing that with a, an influencer, Aggie, that's doing a biohacking. We've done it with a nutritionist, um, with Sophia, and she's done a big nutrition segment that we're doing stuff on. We're doing stuff with our guides, with sound healing. So we're bringing out all these different elements and then now transitioning this into, you know, three and five day retreats. So not only are you getting to experience it on an app and digital platform, but now you can come onto the retreat, get to experience speakers, the guides in this setting that now you're getting this one-to-one experience. And, and I can tell you from doing the retreats, it's just so impactful in what we're doing, you know, in the way that it's changing people's lives. And I, I like to to throw in the special sauce, we'll call it, but I always like to create these additional experiences outside the container setting, whether it's a hike to the Hollywood sign, or it's a cool project that we're doing after class that it's a surprise, um, which I don't like to give up too much information. Okay? But, um, you know, we have one coming up in uh, November where Julianne is actually going to be uh, one of the facilitators. So it's great to have her at the retreat. This is the first one that she's actually going to be physically there at Kinergy, which is pretty cool. Um, but that's happening November 2nd. And so, you know, also, if any of your listeners want to join Kinergy, I created a code for you, health 50 um, so health 50. So anyone that's from your audience, it's 50% off, um, to the, um, to our platform, right? So it's, it's half price. Um, they so log in through the app. They, they or- can go into either kinergy.com or they can go onto the app and download the app. Perfect. And they get 50% off just by being a listener of this podcast. And then, um, what I'll also do is I'll drop you a code, Andrea, too, for the retreat to give some percentage off of the retreat as yes, well. Yes, that would be sweet. In fact, I want to know about it personally. I talked to a psychic a few weeks ago, and she said <laughs> that I need to go into more retreats for myself. <laughs> She's like, you need to calm your mind a little bit. I was like, fine, fine. fine. Okay, well, listen, we, we would love to have you at the retreat. It's November 2nd to the 6th. It's uh, done at Shine. It's a. It's actually how we incorporate our businesses, but to, it's a um, retreat um, center in Sedona that me and Gerard are actually investors in as well. So, oh my support, god, you supporting... guys are investors in everything. You guys, every time I talk to Christopher, and I'm like, "Have you heard about this new brand?" He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm an investor." I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" Every time, one hundred percent of the time. But we share it. So the great thing is we share it. So I bring investments to our community. So it's not like, oh, hey, let me do it myself. Me. I bring it to I bring it to family. I bring it to I, I bring it to my spouses in the past. <laughs> I've I've bring it to my friends, my family, my investor network. So when I have a great deal, it's not like, oh, okay, let me just do it and keep it to myself, right? Unless it's high risk, it's okay. Come in, right? Come, I, I share with community. I share these investments. So you know, a lot of times it's micro investments, right? Where I'm doing. 5, 10, 15, 20 for friends and family. And then maybe we're coming in with 25, 50 or 100 as a company or as a group or, you know, or, or higher amounts, right? We've done up to a million dollars in certain investments. But, um, you know, we're, we're 
we're strategic and smart and diversifying and we want to have influence in, in the things that are really changing and, and creating impact. So can I get added to the family text thread? Yes. Yes. Well. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a big project. I'm doing literally a big project right now that we're putting in $250,000 into and people like, oh, 250, I can't afford to. No, you don't have to afford 250. Put in 10 or 25, right? That's the beauty. We do it through these SPVs. So our minimum is 250. So now you can get involved in these cool, cool investments because of the way that we structure it, where typically as a single investor, you'd have to come with 250,000. Now you can come up with 25,000 and you're still getting the benefits of the percentage and we're doing is a pool of individuals and now we're sharing in it. So it's crowdsourcing on a higher level. Love it. So the Love answer it. is yes. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to get links for people for the retreat also to be able to get access to the membership yep. um, for Kenergy. And I heard about Kenergy when it was just like a breath. So I went to Summit in LA. Have you yep. been to that event? Yeah. I haven't been to Summit in LA, but I am doing Summit uh, on the sea in, uh, yes. in a little over a month. That's going to be on Virgin Cruises. So it's yeah. my first Summit experience. But when Julianne first started, fun fact, they kicked off on the Oprah tour. So right. this has been on Oprah. This has been on the Tony Robbins community. I this was there at in, the Oprah one. Th th this has been in Summit. You know, so, you know, Juliana's, her network is just so diverse. We're getting ready yeah. to do a program, uh, cross our fingers with with Equinox and, and potentially Remedy Place. So, you know, it's just um, some great opportunities to do things. So we're excited of the continued journey. And as now things come back into real life, right? We call it IR. Yeah. But, you know, she did all that right before the pandemic hit. So, mm -hmm. you know, Kennedy was the baby that started in 2019 that was supposed to be studios around the country mm -hmm. turned into a digital platform. Now we're starting to bring it back. So you'll see tours popping up and and some things. So I'll love to, Andrea, we'll continue to share it with you so you can share it with your community. Sure. And we'll do special, you know, we'll do special uh special pricing and special VIP experiences for people that are coming out of your community for sure. Amazing. We love, we love VIP discounts. Don't we? Yeah, I gotcha. Thanks, I gotcha. Thanks, I gotcha. <laughs> okay. Where can people follow you at? So if they're following our Kinergy, it's at Kinergy, which is K I N R G Y. A lot of people put E in there. There's no E in Kinergy. Uh, so it's K and R G Y. Um, if you want to follow me, it's, and I know it's going to be hard to spell my name. So Andrea, you're going to have to put I'll this in a link it. somewhere, but it's <laughs> at Gravanya Christopher. Uh, if you want to follow our stories, my personal stories and my business stories, because I do incorporate both. Um, but at Kinergy is, is the best one to follow our journey um, yeah. when it comes to movement and mission. And at Gravanya Christopher is where you get to see all the other cool and crazy stuff that goes on in my life. But truly, a lot of it has to do about giving back. Yeah. And you always have such like everything to align with your values. You always have like nice little um, bites of inspiration. So thanks for sharing those. I follow your Instagram like every day. And <laughs> Thank you. I know I get the notes from time to time. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you guys, Christopher shared the funniest thing the other day. We'll end on this laugh. Okay. <laughs> now I don't know how funny it is. I'm not sure if I want you to, you have to cut this at the end of the, of no, the podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but he shared this funny um, video of like a oh, cartoon yeah. of somebody like crawling into somebody's shirt. And it was all about like, cuddling or spooning or something. And I was yep. like, I literally just said, I'm like a baby kangaroo. So that's like <laughs> my intention for dating is someone who can tolerate a baby kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so, so true. I mean, people, you know, I shared that because in my relationships, I'm a big cuddler, uh, not always welcome the other way. And uh, so I put that out there as a funny thing to show the dynamic, right? Um, of how that all works, right? Because even if a guy isn't a cuddler, but then you're a cuddler, but then it gets to like one o'clock in the morning, then you want to go to sleep and then you're not a cuddler anymore, right? right. Um, so there is a time where cuddling takes place and then you don't want to hear your your significant other snoring or all There's the movement limit. that goes along with it, right? There's time limits of cuddling, but I thought it was a great meme of of just just human interaction right try to find that again the other day so if you remember where you found it send it to me <laughs> I, I, I will i i, I think I, I i borrowed it from someone i gotta see who i borrowed it from to okay. get it but I'll typically it but typically i put when i borrowed I, I i'll give them always a backlink if i don't put it on the front just to say hey thank you <laughs> We know, we know you're awesome, Chris. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
okay, you guys, go follow Kenergy. Go follow Chris. He always has those amazing bites of inspo. And yeah, um, maybe this, send him a DM and figure out how do we all get into this um, text thread. <laughs> investing you listen, cool. investing in, and and listen. I'm I'm pretty open about answering questions. Right. Uh, yeah. I I don't really. I don't do one-on-one clients or, or consulting, but um, I do enjoy mentoring, right? So if you have a quick question, if you have something that's burning you and you have a decision that you need to make and, and it's something I could support with, great, right? And if I can if I can do that in, in a, you know, in a timely fashion that's able to support your needs, I'm always willing to do that for community. Um, if it's something that's, you know, takes up more bandwidth, I'm always willing to share a point in the right direction, right? If something that Andrea can't answer and, you know, I do like she's have a pretty great network in, in a multitude of industries. So sometimes it's that right text message or phone call coming from the right person that can answer that question. I, I do that a lot. Um, so if it's not something I'm always open to sharing a resource. And uh, because if we all rise together, right, mm-hmm. uh, all, all, all ships sink together, they all rise together. So let's focus on that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Thanks, Chris. Well, well, Andrea, I can't tell you how much gratitude that I have for you taking your time today and allowing me to share. And and, and I'm confident that uh, everything that you're doing for your community has just been inspirational and has impact and creates action for everyone. So um, I'm glad to be a small part of that support on this podcast and uh, look forward to maybe jumping on again in the future and um, having some more fun with it. It was a fun day today. So thank you for having me. For sure, you guys click the link in the um, description area where it says leave a voicemail because then I can save up voicemails for Christopher and we'll bring him back on the show. Sounds Love good? That. Sounds yes. like a plan. Love it. Okay, thanks, Chris. <laughs>